Welcome to the Save by Mother Earth podcast. I'm your host, Heather Webster, and I'm so excited to have you here today as we talk about spirituality and nature immersion to create true self-connection. I'm so excited to have all of you here listening to this interview with Julie. Julie is a conversation coach and the author of the book, Navigating and Avoiding Awkward Conversations. Her mission is to empower others to feel confident in their ability to express themselves and their needs, desires more clearly, and to be able to handle difficult situations and conversations with ease. She believes that with a strong foundation of compassion, boundaries, and a healthy mindset, anyone can learn to gracefully connect with others no matter the situation. So without further ado, here's the interview with Julie. Welcome, Julie. It's so great to have you here on the Save by Mother Earth podcast. How are you doing today? I am doing great. I'm so excited to be here. Yeah, we're excited to have you. And so what I usually do for guests is really ask kind of for you to start by sharing your story and how self-connection works into that story. It can be your story from when you were young, all the way up to where you are now, or it can be whatever you want to share about kind of who you are and then what you're currently doing. In, this, in my spiritual journey, is that, or just all of it? All of it, whatever you want to all put in, it. and then we will, we will build off of it. So. Sure. So, well, one of the things that drew me to your podcast so much was my journey with my own spirituality. So, you know, I grew up in a very traditional, very conservative Christian household And, um, you know, I was, we were there every Sunday morning, every Sunday evening, every Wednesday evening, every time they had a function, uh, my grandfather was one of the, he was the head elder at our church. My dad was a deacon, like super involved and very much walking the walk, you know? So I think that that's something that I had that was different than what I hear a lot of people saying where they felt like there was a lot of division between what was being taught and what was being done. And for me, that was not the case. Everyone in my family, everyone at the church was actually walking the walk. They were doing what they were saying should be done. They were living the way that they were saying should be lived. So the fact that there was not a lot of divergency or conflict there made it it definitely just played into my journey because there were, there were things from a very, very young age that did not, either they didn't sit well with me or they didn't make sense to me. Uh, And when I would bring these questions up, of course, you're just always met with the answers of like, you're, you just can't understand it, or it's, it's just bigger than you are. You're not meant to understand this thing. And of course that was always, but it was coming from people who truly believed that they weren't just saying that to shut me up. They really, truly just felt like it's okay that it doesn't make sense. It doesn't have to make sense, you know? And, um, and that was very, very difficult for me because I do live all of my life, make all of my decisions heavily on logic and my intuition and, uh, you know, just certain things like, well, if this person is this way, they're going to hell, but God made them exactly the way they are. And I'm like, well, that's hateful. Like, you know, just things like that. We don't have to get into a lot of examples, but it was just things like that, that just really did not sit well with me. And I had a very difficult time accepting, but because it was 
I mean, that was all we did. We only listened to Christian music. We only went to church functions. It was the only option. I just kind of had to bury my confusion and deal with it for a long time. And then I met my husband, which uh, I met him when I was my senior year in high school. And he was the first person he'd had a really rough childhood when he gra- he's five years older than me. When he graduated high school, he left and went to the military. Um, so his life was just very, very different than mine. And his belief structure was very different than mine. And, uh, that caused a lot of problems at first. Cause I was really overwhelmed by the fact that he didn't believe what I believed. And, um, he bless him is all I can say, um, because he really put up with it. He, he loved me and he cared about me and he wanted me to be happy and he didn't want me to be overwhelmed. So when I insisted that he had to go to church or we couldn't date, he came with me and he didn't believe it, but he sat there every dang Sunday and was like, okay, if this is what you need, this is what we're going to do. Um, and he, he is a Libra. So he always presents everything in this very balanced to this day. It's very irritating because he can play the devil's advocate, like nobody's business, but you know, he could present all of these things in this very calm, logical way that didn't have to be high in emotions. And it didn't have to be a fight. It was just, well, I don't really believe that because of this, but that's what you believe. That's okay. And at first that made my head want to pop because I was like, no, you have to believe what I believe. Um, But eventually it, it gave me a safe space to explore these feelings that I'd always had that, that maybe this really just was not for me. And that took me a long time. It took me a couple of years from the first moment of, of awakening of this might not be what I really believe Till I could finally say, this is not what I believe and, and not, and honestly not feel like I was about to get struck by lightning. Um, it was very difficult process for me, but on the other side of it, I do feel so comfortable and happy about the things that I do believe. So what do I believe now? So now I, um, I do personally identify as a pagan. It's not something that I really discuss with people a lot, but that's why I you know, wanted to come on here and, and have these discussions because when you have those sorts of beliefs, it's not something that you feel comfortable discussing usually. And so I had to learn this very particular song and dance of figuring out what I believed and then trying to figure out how do I explain it to other people or what do I what do I do when I get kind of put, I mean, I live in the South. If you couldn't tell by my long drawn out accent, I, you know, I live in the buckle of the Bible belt. And so this comes up constantly. What do you do? Uh, So that's been a difficult journey for me. And so, um, you know, there's a lot of things that I celebrate in private. You know, I have little rituals that I do for the new moon and the full moon and, you know, um, the major, like the solstices and things like that, but, um, they're just private ceremonies. And then sometimes the discussion comes up. So yeah, that's, that's a little bit of the arc of my journey of where I started and where I am now. And, um, I could see why you now focus on difficult conversations and things like that for your business, because 
I can, I can't even imagine what it was like for you bringing home a, a guy you were dating that didn't believe the same beliefs as your family when your family was so heavily in this religion. And then now you having another belief that's different than what they believed and how that feels. Um, it's interesting. Cause I came from a family that is very open to like loving nature and I grew up, I, I was um, dedicated into the Unitarian church. So like we could believe whatever we wanted really um, to some degree, but we all had a spirituality kind of connection. Mm-hmm. And I'm sitting, I'm looking over to my left right now. Cause I have all the boughs of pine that, cause I just did a winter solstice meditation um, for all the listeners. This is being recorded in December, but it will be coming out in, in late January. But so I totally understand what kind of celebrations do you do around like what do you do around the meditate now around full moons new moons and solstices because that's something that I do with my clients as well okay well I have I'm sure you're probably familiar with Jan Spiller she does a lot of books around astrology maybe you're not but um she wrote this book and if you haven't read it you oh it's amazing and I I don't know when it was written but I think it was more than 20 years ago that she wrote this book. It's still such an amazing book and it's called spiritual astrology. And that book changed my life, honestly, because up until that point, I only knew what I didn't believe. And I really could not put into any sort of words or explanation what I did believe. And you know, you, I just kind of go based on my tuition. Does this feel right? Or does this not feel right? And her book, um, I'd always believed in astrology always, you know, even when I was young, I can remember my mom would always say, I never know what to expect out of you. And I remember yelling at her mom, I'm a firstborn Aquarius who was born in the year of the dragon. I'm like the most predictable person you've ever met. Just look it up, (laughs) you know, (laughs) like, because I, I mean, the, I fit the profile completely. And um, so I was drawn to it because it was a book about spirit, about astrology, and it really dived deeply into, you know, people just really think about the sun sign and they don't go any further than that. And uh, for me, and some people say, oh, I don't identify with that, whatever their sun sign is, but it's because of a lot of other reasons I won't get off the tangent. But for me, in my astrology chart, my sun, my moon, my rising sign, and my Mercury are all in Aquarius, which is super rare. Um, but it's why I feel so authentically the exact same way, no matter what situation I'm in. And so that was something for me that came up a lot of frustration of feeling like people were two-faced because I'm mm-hmm. like, well, you're this with me, but then you're like this with them, but then you say this over here. And when I saw it through the lens of their chart, it made so much more sense. Uh, And it made so much sense why I didn't do that because my signs were the same all the way through. Um, But the the other thing that her book gave was a little bit more of a kind of answering those questions. Why are we here? And, and how does that fit in? Because that's, you know, when you grow up in a very conservative Christian house, you're, you're, you're given very specific (laughs) Uh, ideas about why you're here, none of which ever made any sense to me. Um, And this made all the sense in the world and it just all the pieces locked together for me. And it helped me to be able to live cyclically and really appreciate 
you know, the energy of the new moon and versus the energy of a full moon and the energy of the seasons and learning that if I could just roll with it and I could just embrace those energies and, and go with whatever the natural pull was instead of trying to fight against it, that I would have so much more ease in my life, so much more peace of mind. And I would feel so much more aligned. You know, I, we just, we just had the solstice, like you mentioned, and we're now, you know, today is the first day of the light half of the year. And so I do a lot of rituals uh, and it's different every year. I just go based on what I feel like I can handle. You know, some years you feel really gung ho to do a big thing about it. And other years you're just like, Hey moon, what's up? You know, you just, you don't necessarily have it in you to have a big to do, but, um, I've done before uh, certain bracelets that I've made that have woven of different colored threads that each of the colors of the thread had a different meaning to me. And, um, you know, during my ritual where I, I like to light candles and incense and do um, offerings, if I'm going all out, I mean, I have the, the offerings and everything and um, make this little bracelet that I tied in, in several knots around my wrist and the intention and what I did do was I kept it on my wrist as a reminder of those things that I wanted to focus on for that half of the year. And then in the opposite solstice, I cut those cords and, you know, refocused my energy elsewhere. Um, I like to do a lot of the, the moon energies being in different astrological signs. And uh, I'm very much into that new moon energy of, of focusing what you're trying to call into your life. So that book, the spiritual astrology book, or she has another one called new moon astrology. So that's the one that I use for that. And she, she goes through what the natural energy of each of those new moons is, whether it's in Aquarius or Scorpio or whatever it is, and what would, what you would naturally most easily focus on calling into your life in that moment. So if it's, you know, just an easy, if it's Libra, you might be trying to call in more balance. Um, if it's Aquarius, you might be trying to call in more uh, awareness of your spirituality or, or things like that. And so I like to do a lot of journaling. Uh, I also use tarot cards. So I'll usually pull, sometimes I'll do a spread, but I'm just really, really basic with my cards. I like to pull just one to three cards on something and then just meditate on that and journal on that rather than I have a friend that like, that's all she does. And she's so good at it. She has all these spreads that she comes up with and I love it, but sometimes it stresses me out because I am too focused on the spread and I'm not focused enough on the cards right. <laughs> and, or the uh, messages that are coming in. I, yeah. I read Oracle uh, cards and, but I don't use the book. And so for mm -hmm. me, it's all about like, I look at the picture, but it's really about what's coming in. Right. right. That yeah. you're picking up on. And I could see where a multiple card spread could be overwhelming with the amount of, if you're focused so much on the spread, you're not getting those messages. Yeah. It's, yeah. The, Cause the spreads are kind of like what I need to know now, what I need to change, what's going to help me do this, which is great. But if that wasn't the exact question that you really needed to ask in that moment, then you're kind of it's very distracting. I would rather just ask the cards, like, what do I need to focus on right now? And just draw some cards and focus on that instead. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I love that bracelet idea. So one of the things I was talking to 
people about yesterday uh, during my meditation mm-hmm. online is I had them journal what they're grateful for, mm-hmm. what they, um, what they want to release and then what do they want to let in. And so I love this idea of that, like making a bracelet and for anything that you want to like as a reminder yeah, and yeah. different threads and different colors and cutting it at the summer solstice. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Can you speak I'm, a little bit more about the logic and intuition? Cause I'm the same way. Mm-hmm. And so I'd love to hear your take on that of like, you're logical, but you have this idea of intuition coming in. Some people might not see that as a possible. Yeah. As a partnership. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, um, that's the people that I surround myself with. So when you're first getting into this space, and of course I was first getting into it when social media was only just taking off. So there, there weren't a lot of communities, no communities, definitely no in-person communities. And I mean, to be honest, a lot of times the people that you end up running into in this space are people that are just kind of pretending. They just like, they, you know, they're just trying to make their parents mad. You know, they, they may or may not actually believe what they're saying, or they just want a reason to dress up. I mean, really. And then you find the people who honestly live in this aligned way that, that it really truly is who they are and what they believe. And, but a lot of times they're solo practitioners. So you're not necessarily going to find these groups. This is something my husband, I've talked about over and over and over. It's so difficult. The one thing that I uh, give total credit to for the church, that is something that I miss to this day is the community. It's such a natural built-in community and it's a multi-generational community. And there's something that's so beautiful and supportive and wonderful about that. I just wish that I had it in this other space. That would be the perfect marriage. But, you know, you wind up the woo, you know, people refer to it as the woo. And um, I love when you find people who are very, uh, very educated and successful um, reasonable people. And they also have this other piece to them that they usually keep quiet because it's maybe not very accepted in their, their typical spaces that they go into. And I think that I personally find that marrying the two is a beautiful combination, Uh, but it can just be very difficult to find other people who feel that way and are willing to talk about it. Right. (laughs) Uh, because usually people would just rather keep their beliefs to themselves because they don't want the crit- they don't want your opinion. And you know, the best way to not get your opinion is to not talk about it. Right. And that's why it's so great that you came on to talk about it. Right. Mm-hmm. I wonder if there are places, I'm guessing there's places in the, in the U S somewhere that there are communities mm-hmm. of pagans. I've, I've tried to find some, but it, I don't wind up finding what I'm personally looking for. Yeah. I would be amazing. It would be so amazing because I have children. That's something we haven't brought up yet, but I have two boys that are eight and nine. And um, that's another tricky conversation is I live in the buckle of the Bible belt. And, you know, I personally have chosen to be a little bit careful about exactly what I say to them and exactly what I share with them until they're old enough to understand that it's okay to hold a belief and, maybe not talk about it sometimes or not argue with other people when they say things you disagree with, you know, so we've had some, some instances that have come up with our children uh, that are in other conversations with my family and with, 
with school stuff and things that you're like, okay, is, is this it? Is this, this where it all blows up? <laughs> and it's tricky because <laughs> social media, people don't stay quiet about their beliefs. So it's interesting because it's like such a hard thing. I, especially for kids growing up now is what they're seeing is a lot of conflict over social media and all this other stuff. Mm-hmm. And the people that speak up the loudest are often heard but then the ones that really have a great message are maybe not heard. Yeah, absolutely. And we had, um, you know, one of the things is, is praying, obviously that's something, um, that what, you know, for the first couple of years, there's so little that they don't know what's going on. So it doesn't matter. But then when they got old enough that they, they were able to, you know, understand a little bit of what was going on. <clears throat> my husband and I had to make the decision and it was very difficult because my family, is one of those families that stands around in a circle and all hold hands and pray before every meal, like before every big family get together meal. And it's like, you can't opt out of that. Or you, I felt like you couldn't. And, you know, at some point, I think a lot of times you're willing to do things when it, when it involves your kids, when you know, it affects them, you know, you're willing to put up with a certain amount of things when it's only affecting you, but when it's affecting your kids, you're like, okay, no, I really have to say something here. So we still, to this day, every time my family does that, we make up some excuse every time we're like, Hey guys, I think we, uh, did we bring your backpacks today? Let's go check the car, like anything, or, Hey, let's go up here and see what, the cats doing in Grand Reba's bedroom. Right. What I like, what I like about the message that you're sharing is you're not saying what they're doing is wrong. You're not saying what you're doing is right. It's just saying that like, what I'm getting from you is it's okay to have different beliefs Mm -hmm. and everybody has something that's right for them. Yeah. And I love that. That's what we eventually had to come to. So my kids were playing this game and honestly, I couldn't tell you what it was. Part of me wants to say, it was Minecraft, but it might not be. I don't know. It was some video game they were playing that there is a character in the video game called God. And so I hear my kids talking about God and I'm like, what, what, hmm? what are you, uh, what's going on? Cause I'm thinking, is this something you heard at school? Like what, you know, where's the context here? And, uh, come to find out it's the most powerful player in the game, in this video game that they were playing. But in this video game, it would be the same as if it was Zeus. I mean, it's just a very, it's just a very powerful character that has a lot of powers. And um, something got brought up and my, my oldest son said this, I don't remember what it was, but it was something a few days in a row that I just thought, okay, we're here. Like I need, I've got to say something just to make sure we're kind of on, on the same page here. And I said, Hey buddy, um, you know how there's a, a character in your game that's called God. And he was like, yeah. And I said, um, did you know that there are some people who believe that God is a real person who really does exist and that he's in control of everything? And he goes, are you kidding me? That's stupid. <laughs> and I was like, <clears throat> all right. That's a good place to start. All right. <laughs> like at least in a baseline, the, the reaction is all right. That's I'm skeptical. So I said, well, you know, it's um it's okay for people to have different beliefs. Um, you know, his his best friend's name is Dylan. And I said, Dylan's daddy and mommy believe that God exists. And it's possible that Dylan <laughs> believes it too. 
said, it's possible that Dylan also believes in God because his mommy and daddy do. And my mom and papa believe in God and believe that he exists. And he was like, okay. And I was like, you know, it's, it's okay for people to believe different things. Now, me and daddy, we don't believe that. We, we don't believe that God is a real person or that he's in control of anything, but you know, there are a lot of kids at your school who probably do believe that because their parents do believe that. So if it comes up at school, I want you to know that I don't want you to say anything mean or rude to them or say that that's stupid. It's okay that they believe that. And it's okay that you don't believe that. Um, But, you know, it's probably one of those things that if somebody says it, I wouldn't argue with them because when people believe that they tend to feel really, really strongly about it. And they get really, really upset when people say that it's not true. And I don't think there's any reason to make people upset. So I think that, you know, I'm just, I'm just saying that if it comes up at school, you know, just let people believe what they believe. And if you don't agree with it, that's okay. But maybe you just don't tell them that you don't agree with it. Right. You know, and that was because he's in fourth grade, you know, this is like, I'm trying, you know, trying to keep it age appropriate. (laughs) Yes. Well, and I love how you're like, well, beliefs are beliefs. Right. And it's like a while ago, people believe that there was no, like the earth was flat. Right. And they like, there was so much out there that like, they were just like, it's flat, it's flat, it's flat, it's flat. Right. And so I love that, like how you're kind of like making him feel okay with his belief and the fact that other people have different beliefs and making it kind of feel like, okay, it's, it's okay to be in this world where everybody has different beliefs. Some people believe in astrology and God and right. And so it's like, there's so many, it's what makes us so wonderful. So tell us a little bit about kind of how you got onto this path of having difficult conversations. Cause you kind of led right into that with the conversation with your son, but how did that kind of develop and now what do you do now for your business? Yeah. So I guess difficult conversations are just some, it's a theme in my life, maybe, uh, that have come up in my personal life a lot, like we just talked about. And then with my husband, like I said, he had a really, really terrible childhood and he came into our marriage with a lot of difficulties that required a lot of finesse um, for us to be able to walk through those things and uh, be able to heal them and and for him to be able to be open with me and for us to be able to talk about really, really difficult subjects and for me to be able to learn how to be the best support person for him, how to ask the right questions, how to recognize when he's, you know, maybe having a, a moment of PTSD or, or whatever and say, Hey babe, you are, you are not doing well right now. Like he, he relies on me a lot of times to be the one to say, Hey, you are not doing well. I think that you need to just go take a walk or if you want to go in the other room or, you know, and, and us to be able to communicate with each other, what he needs to be able to communicate the things that have to be communicated, maybe to my family in order to create the best situation while still keeping most everything private, because I feel that it's not their business, everything he's been through. Um, But that doesn't mean that there aren't some very practical things that we have to take care of. Um, 
military wise, sitting with his back to a room of crowded people is just not going to work. It's just not. Mm -hmm. I don't have to go into detail with that with my family. They know he was in the military and I can just say, hey, you know what? It would really be great for Raymond really needs to sit on this side of the table. And they're like, oh, okay. You know, they're not paying attention. They're not thinking about it. But when I bring it up they're, oh, yeah, yeah, that's fine. And they can shift. So in my personal life, difficult conversations um, are something that I've had to really get good at. Uh, And then professionally, I'm a physical therapist now, and I work in home health with the the oldest of our population, who I just love so dearly. Uh, But on that journey to get my doctorate, I had to go through a lot of school. And during that time, I worked in retail And mostly it was retail and major department stores. And I was a bra fitter for most of those years. So there were a lot of really interesting and difficult situations that came up that I had to learn how to navigate. And I had to learn when people are just screaming at you because the coupon expired yesterday and they want it honored today. And, um, or maybe you're doing a bra fitting with someone who, just survived cancer and they'd had to have a surgery. And so they're sharing that really difficult journey that they're on. And you're like 19 trying to figure like, Oh my God, I'm so sorry. And you're not really sure what to say to the person. Um, I had to learn a lot of things on, on that job, which I'm so grateful for because I feel like they all serve me in what I do now. Um, but then I also had a period of time much to my dismay that I worked for collections, a collections company over the phone. Horrible job. (laughs) Um, The company was great. I'm not, I don't want to bad. The company was very insistent that they wanted to give good quality customer care. They put us through this six week training program. They wanted it done right, but it still had to be done and it was dirty work. And I didn't want to be the one to do it. And, um, but it was just a, a situation where it was kind of the only job that I could do that met my needs at the time. And so I just had to take it, but it I aligned for what you needed to know. Right. And what you need. Yes. To learn. It wound up. Yeah. I wound up learning so, so much about conflict resolution and how to de-escalate a person that is just through the roof mad. Uh, I, because all day, every day was just me on the phone, trying to figure out how's the person going to react if I say this versus say that, and what are the things that consistently help people to calm down the most quickly? And what are the things that set them off again or, or hit them the wrong way? So I did gain an incredible skill set through that job. And then working in home health, uh, healthcare in general, you tend to get people at their you know, a lot of times on their worst days, they're hurting, they're overwhelmed, they're sick, they don't feel good. Um, things are just feel really out of control. And they tend to be very um, short tempered and easy to yell and um, not overly cooperative all the time. <laughs> <laughs> and then, of course, you add on to that uh, the greatest generation that I'm serving right now, who has very uh, specific ideas about how things need to be done or not. And maybe they've got 12 family members that are all coming in and out of the house while I'm doing what I'm doing. And, and that created a whole other set of skills. And then, you know, to try to shorten the story a little, I got involved with a group of women at the beginning of this year who were just all about upgrading uh, whatever that was, whether it was partner, vacations, skincare routine, self-help books, whatever it was. And 
they kept coming back and saying, this thing happened and I, I was totally embarrassed. Maybe they walked into a store and they, they'd been dying to go into this Chanel store and they walk in there and there's no price tags on anything and they feel way too embarrassed to ask an associate any questions. So they just leave. And they're like, I feel so embarrassed. I feel like such an idiot. I don't even want to walk back in there. What do I do? And, you know, and I'm like, oh, here's what you do. Just do this. No problem. Nobody will think anything of it, you know? And then it was just different little things. This, I went into this restaurant and somebody was really rude to me and I didn't know what to say. And I'm like, oh, well, if that happens, you could always just say it like this. It'll get the point across, but it's not going to ruffle any feathers, blah, blah, blah. And through this, you know, this particular group, I realized, cause I was getting, I was getting people DMing me saying like, you know, I look for, I started doing these posts where I would put up a scenario and say, if this happens, do this, not that, or say this, not that, or, you know, say it like this, it'll come across really great. And people were DMing me and saying, I look forward to your posts. Thank you so much. They helped me so much. I really appreciate it. And I've, I realized, whoa, I I was just learning all of this because it was my journey and it was just what I needed to know to be successful where I was. But I actually have a lot of skills here that apparently are very useful to other people. And I want to share that with the world. And it, it really just does feel like a coming home. I think you had said earlier, like what I was meant to do, and it does feel like what I was meant to do. And so Now my, my brand is your conversation expert. And I go over a wide variety of topics of just how to speak to people about things, even if it's just small talk, just getting to know new people, or if it's dealing with conflict, or if it's talking about really difficult topics like illness and grief, Mm -hmm. um, or, you know, the, the conversation I've had not had with anybody yet is how do you speak to people about um, your spiritual beliefs when they're not mainstream and, you know, that can be really difficult. Yeah. Well, and I, I think right now, especially with everything the world is going through and being shut down for a year and a half, I'm sure people, their, their social skills have mm-hmm. definitely probably, I know for me, it's so different now going out and seeing people in person. Mm-hmm. Cause I'm just like, wait, I've just been talking to you through zoom or on the phone. And this is, it's so cool. But at the same time, like now I have to think about my body, like everything else. So I like how you're talking about it. It's confidence building, but also conversation. Mm-hmm. Can you talk, can you give the listeners like two or three tips of things that they could use in mm-hmm. conversations? Um, I know it's very broad because it could be so many different conversations, but what kind of tips do you have for the listeners? And then for everything else, they can come find you. Um, Yeah. Well, I'd like to give some tips that would, uh, I think would be specific to your audience. So there's a few different scenarios that come up really frequently. um, And this is how I tend to handle them. So sometimes you get someone who is just giving a snarky. So what do you believe? And you can tell that they're not open to it. They're very critical of the fact that you don't believe what they believe. And you know that there's no fertile ground there to have a real conversation. And so what I tend to do when that sort of a thing comes up is I just say something to the effect of, well, you know, I just, it's kind of like how uh, the seasons change every year and, you know, you plant the harvest and it comes up and you, you harvest it and then you eat it. And that's a very cyclical sort of a thing that happens every year. And, and that's just what I believe. I just believe that, that nature is very cyclical and that we, uh, we have the most ease in our life when we're just 
you know, going with the rhythm instead of against it, that sort of thing. And I don't go any further into it than that. It's just kind of a broad explanation, but it's very hard to argue with that. That's, that's the angle I always take. It's hard to argue with the fact that the seasons change every year in the same order. (laughs) It's very difficult to, you know, argue that no, when you plant those seeds, that it doesn't grow into corn and we don't harvest it. We don't, you know, you're just saying things that everybody knows and accepts. And so you're not giving them any room, but you're also not further indulging it because you know, it's not going to go anywhere. Right. Sometimes I will have people that, um, you know, maybe they might say, well, I think that's, you know, weird, or I think that that's, you know, some, some sort of negative comment about what you believe. And I always just meet that with love. Like it's, I get it. I get that you don't get it and that's okay. You don't have to get it. And I don't have to push it on you. So when they say something negative like that, that's really weird. I'm like, well, it's okay. It's not for everybody, you know, cause it's not for everybody and it doesn't have to be for everybody. And that's okay. We don't have to get into an argument about it. Um, I had my, my friend that does a lot of the tarot spreads and, and stuff like that. She is actually, um, a medium and she, she has a lot of, of moments, I guess you, you know, typically would call them like fortune telling moments. And so she said she'd had this instance that had happened a lot with this group of people. They were going to a Super Bowl party and the guy was like, Hey, uh, who's, who's going to win the Super Bowl? You know, that's sort of like really tacky, ridiculous, disrespectful sort of a thing. And I said, you know, don't give any energy to that. Like, don't go yelling. Like, this is important to me. This is real. This is. And she was like, she was like hiding her face. She was like, um, that's exactly how I did react. (laughs) And I said, well, the, the thing about reacting with so much anger and upset and defense is that you're giving that person exactly what they need to dig into you further and to just, they've already got you emotional. So now they're just going to see how far they can take it. So the way that you take the wind out of their sails with that, when they're like, Hey, who's going to win the Super Bowl?" <laughs> is you just kind of say, you know, I'm sure you're just trying to be funny, but I don't really find that to be very funny. And maybe just let an awkward silence hang in the air a little bit because you're, you're calling them out in a way you're just saying like, that's, that's a pretty disrespectful thing to say. I don't appreciate that. Yeah. And it's hard to argue with that kind of makes the person feel like a jerk and it makes them a little less likely to do things like that in the future. Um, but you've kept your cool. And I talk about that in my book a lot. The way that you win is by keeping your calm. It's when other people have the ability to rile you up and make you upset and, and pull your emotions this way and that they now have full control and that is them winning. So when you can detach from it and just say, it's okay that we don't believe the same thing, but I do need you to be respectful. Like it's not okay to be disrespectful to other people. Um, that is a boundary, which is something else that I talk about a lot is you can be respectful and hold a boundary. It is absolutely possible to do both at the same time. You don't have to scream a boundary and you don't have to lay down like a doormat. You can convey a boundary with a calm sort of strength that people just go, yeah, all right. Mm, that didn't go how I wanted. I'm just going to back off, you know? And so it, it's that like, that's, you know, pretty disrespectful. I get that we don't have the same beliefs, but um, you know, this is real for me. So I would appreciate if you could be more respectful than that. Yeah. Um, and I think that advice could work for really any situation that's heated because yes. you're coming into it with your own self-love and knowing that you want to stay calm because when you walk away, you've not only given them power, but you, when you walk away, 
now you're going to walk away with a calm and not this mm-hmm. icky energy. Yeah, absolutely. And the last thing that I would just say for myself, I've found this to work so well is that there are times when somebody wants to know what you believe and they really, truly are curious. They really want to understand it. And it can be difficult sometimes to know where to start. And so this is just what I say as far as my beliefs, which may be different than your listeners' beliefs, but it could kind of give a framework. So I do personally believe um, very much in astrology and the power of the planets and their effect on our personality and our lives and our destiny. And I very much do subscribe to this idea that we choose to come to this life to learn and to grow as spiritual beings and that there is a trade-off that happens there of what we want to learn and, and what we you know agree to give in that lifetime. And that is what I believe. Um, but a lot of people find that to be super bizarre. So I tend to say, I'm like, you know, you know, you know, gravity exists, right? And, and we all know that the reason that the moon continues to circle the sun is because of the gravitational pull. That's something we know. We know that the, the moon is what creates the tides to come in and to go out every single day. Um, that's a proven fact that we all just know and accept. And, and we know that there are certain animals that have uh, certain cycles of fertility around the moonlight. And, you know, research has shown that that may have a lot to do with how much they can or can't see each other, but it still does affect uh, fertility and, and things like that in nature. And, you know, we know that, uh, that the whole solar system is in some level being held together by these gravitational forces, even Uranus and Pluto are still being held together by gravity that's pulling our solar system together. It's the reason why our solar system always stays the way that it does and it moves in predictable patterns and it doesn't just fall apart. So if we know that all of those things exist and we know that just gravity could have such a strong effect on our daily lives Uh, Why is it so strange to believe that the gravitational pull of Saturn could be having an effect on my daily life? Why is it so strange to think that Mars could not also be pulling at me in some way and causing, causing a certain effect? You know, when you put it in that way of like, here's what we all as a baseline believe and accept to be true. And you can build on that a little bit. Um, Most people are like, Dang, I never thought of it that way. Right. It makes a lot of sense. And it doesn't mean that they necessarily, they're not going to change their beliefs, but it makes my beliefs seem a lot more reasonable because I'm building it on a foundation of, of things that we do all accept as truth. And, you know, and I say, you know, you, I mean, I'm sure that in the summertime, you tend to feel, you know, really energetic. You might be more likely to you know, go to the beach or, or run, you know, a marathon or do something really fun and active. And, you know, in the summer or in the winter, it's really, it's really natural for people to just feel kind of more tired and it's a lot darker, easy, you know, in the evenings and the morning, it's just darker overall, the, the temperature never really gets up. And, you know, I think we all just feel a little bit more run down and tired in the winter. And I just believe that, if we can accept that that's just how it's going to be and we don't fight it, we don't try to push through and, and make ourselves do the same level of things that we make ourselves do in the summer, that we can have a more restful winter. That if we look at winter as a time to rest and recuperate, 
And then when the summer comes, we realize, hey, this is the time of the year for energy. Let's capitalize on that and and do all the things. I just think that it makes it easier on us. Yes. And when you put it that way, people are like, yeah, that makes sense. Right. You know, yeah, so, you're not telling them to change their beliefs. You're almost just sharing the things that could work for them based on what their body's already saying. Yeah. 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 So yeah. I've kept you for a really long time because I love talking about talking with you and what you do. Can you share where people can find you? And also what's the name of your book? Yes. So my book is Navigating and Avoiding Awkward Conversations, How to Speak to Anyone About Anything. It's available on Amazon, Kindle, and Audible. And I did read the Audible because I think that's really important. I love to hear authors read their own books. Uh, On my website is yourconversationexpert.com. And if you go there, you can find links to all my socials, uh, my book, and I have some free guides about boundaries and small talk and some fun resources there too. Uh, There's a lot of great resources on that site. Uh, If you like to see my sillier side, coming to Instagram is a great option because I do have lots of quick little tidbits that I give every week. I do a longer video, six to 10 minute long video on a certain topic, but I also do a lot of reels and just fun little things here and there. Cause that's my personality and I enjoy it. So that's a great place. And that's at your conversation expert. Great. And I will link those in the show notes as well. Uh, thank you so much for being here, Julie. Absolutely. I really enjoyed it. And I truly hope that your audience finds it useful. <laughs> thank you so much for being here, Julie. It was so wonderful to hear your story And thank you for being so transparent and sharing your vulnerable places that you have been in your past with you and your family. There's no question why you do the work you do now and how you support and empower others around difficult conversations and situations. Before we go, I do want to share that there's two opportunities that I am offering my listeners, and my followers. On Friday mornings in Instagram, I will be going live every Friday morning at 8 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. And I will be outside in nature and pulling an oracle card to share the insights that I get for the collective. I am also starting a women's group in Facebook, in my Facebook group, so you can find the link for that in the show notes. And we will be talking about intuition, insight, vision, mission, purpose, all of those things that sometimes might be hard conversations to have, but this will be a trusting space for all the women out there that want to come together and share about their dreams and their goals and their things that they want to reach for or that intuition kick that they're getting when they're doing a meditation or while they're out for a walk. This will be a safe space to really talk about that. So feel free to come on over into Facebook, join my group, and also come follow me on Instagram so you can be sure to be part of either of those that or both of them that feel comfortable for you. With that, I hope you have a wonderful rest of your day and thank you so much for following the Save by Mother Earth podcast. If you don't follow or subscribe yet, feel free to go and click those buttons in the platform that you listen to. And if you listen to this through Apple Podcasts, please 
put a rating and review in there to help this podcast continue to grow and flourish and for years to come. I hope you have a wonderful rest of your day and I am signing off with love.